0: Tim Cosgrove here at CMA's Colonial Honda, and I've got something big to share. You can now get 0% financing for the first time ever at CMA's Colonial Honda. Get 0% financing for 60 months on every new Accord LX sedan and HRV LX CUV model. But hurry, this special offer is only good through November 15th, and stop by for Orange Saturday deals all month long. And if you don't want to come into the dealership, no problem. We'll bring our dealership to you with CMA's easy purchase. Get started at CMA's Did I mention 0% financing for 60 months on our most popular Hondas? Stop by for Orange Saturday deals, but hurry. They're only here for a limited time. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit CMA's ColonialHonda.com to find yours and get zero percent financing. Excludes tax, title, license, and five ninety nine processing fee. Payments based on sixty monthly payments of seventeen forty eight for every thousand financed with approved credit. Not all customers will qualify. All trims qualify: EX, EXL, Touring, Sport, LX. Offer not combinable with other offers. Discounts. Offer ends
1: 11-15-2020. Hear ye, hear ye! It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 1061, The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King. On Sports 1061.
2: And good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hope you all had a great weekend. And of course, we've got a ton to get through today on this day, November 9th. And of course,. Uh As we roll into today on this Monday, I do want to look back on Friday and I do want you to know how grateful I am to Ben Maitland, my producer who works and does double duty for both Big Al and myself. Of course, Big Al coming back up this morning at 8 o'clock, 8 to 10 on sports phone. On uh, Friday, we got going so long and I wanted to make sure our listeners knew this and that, uh, Ben, uh, fellow Scorpio, by the way, his birthday was on Friday. So we want to wish Ben a very happy and belated birthday, but, uh, on Friday, uh, 30, 31 years, Ben Maitland has been supporting NASCAR and the Atlanta Braves and all of his favorite sports. And, uh, Ben, we hope you had a great weekend as I know that, uh, uh, yeah, so much going on in the world of sports, and uh, as you said, there's so much you can do social distancing-wise. But hopefully, you had a great weekend nonetheless. And that is for Ben, we Yeah, want to that's thank for ben. myself. Thank you. And thank you. Thank today, you so <laughs> that is for yourself. You, yeah, please, everybody. Please take a seat. Uh, We really do appreciate you, Ben, and and hope you had a great weekend. uh, Celebration there yourself. Pretty, um, pretty low key overall. Absolutely. You
3: know, like you said, there's only so much you can do as far as uh, you know going out right now. Still, um, you know, with a big group of people, so it was pretty low key. Um, Yeah, thirty one. It's hard to believe. So, on we go. (laughs) Thirty one. Don't you have one today?
2: There you go. For. Yes, today, the Sports King, uh, and Big Ben celebrates his on Friday, mine on Monday, today. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. All you guys sending birthday wishes, really appreciate it on this birthday edition of the Sports King show. And I saw something Ben posted yesterday. Before we get into the program today and our sponsors, I do want to uh, acknowledge and uh, celebrate the life of the great Alex Trebek, who passed away saturday at age 80 and ben i know you wrote something about this uh such a uh, big part of our lives from a fabric standpoint the guy was interwoven in everything we did in terms of nighttime watching if you're a fan of jeopardy and so many people are and i'm a fan of the man in terms of broadcasting excellence and his enunciation and the way that he carried himself as a professional and i would be uh uh remiss if I did not uh pay homage to such a great broadcaster, and I know it was a loss for you as well. you're a big fan of jeopardy and uh all of us uh mourn today in terms of that loss because what a great broadcaster he was, and he did such an amazing job and I know you concur with that Ben.
3: yeah absolutely it was um uh it was certainly sad to see that that news came across yesterday and um you know right as we were getting ready to. You know, go through a big day in the NFL yesterday, and and people gearing up for that, and to see that come across your newsfeed um, was certainly certainly sad, disheartening. Um, I've been a huge fan of the program for for many years. It's probably one of the first things I watched as an infant. You know, sitting on my dad's lap. You know, at seven or seven thirty at night for uh, a half an hour at a time, and I know he had been battling um, cancer there for a while, and. You know, he had yeah. fought it with uh, with grace and with a lot of dignity, um, as, you know, Alex Trebek handled yeah. everything with uh, with grace and dignity, gracing us with his presence every night. So he will certainly be missed, and um, thoughts go right. out to his family and his friends.
2: Absolutely. And, of course, pancreatic cancer is one of those ones that uh, took my mom, took Alex Trebek. just a deadly disease. We hope and pray that they find a for that at some point because it is devastating to so many families. And he fought it with, as you said, grace and dignity. And we're going to switch our gears right now and head on to the NFL. And uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in today, Facebook Live and Sports 1061. And we've got so much to get to on this day. Uh, Of course, it starts with the Bills and Seahawks, one of the great games of the day. I told you it would be. And by the way, those of you that took the Sports Kings advice on Friday – uh, you have definitely cashed some tickets. So Ben and I are still waiting for that 10%. And once again, you can mail it in. You can uh, wire it. Whatever is easiest for you. We'll take it any way we get it. Anyway, the Bills win this one 44-34. What a day for Josh Allen, 31-38, 415 yards, three touchdowns, and he out Russell Wilson in this one. You felt all along like the Bills – are gaining that momentum, and this was a win for them and a signature win in so many ways because the Bills don't look now, but they're 7-2, and 4-1 and one overall, defeating the Seahawks 6-2. and two. I told you this would be a marquee matchup, and the Bills found a way with 17 fourth-quarter points, 44-34 in this one. And, and when you look at it, Stefan Diggs came up big, nine receptions, 118 yards. But I felt it was the emergence of Josh Allen who took it on his back and said, you know what? I'm going to do my job and try to outperform the other guy on the other sideline who everybody's talking about the MVP. If I can come in here and throw up some good numbers, I can prove that I deserve to be among the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And I felt he did just that as your Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia don't look now 4 and 1 in the division, 7 and 2, uh, 4 and 1 overall rather at home, 7 and 2 overall, and you are in the driver's seat in your division. So congratulations to the Buffalo Bills. Another game I gave you, the Titans at home, feeling they bounced bounce back. It wasn't easy, but they gave up 17 fourth-quarter points to Nick Foles. Hello, Mark Perry, as you're definitely going to be rooting for Nick Foles as the Titans win this one 24-17. In this game, Foles 36-52, 335 yards and two touchdowns. So Nick Foles did his part, the Chicago uh, Bears as a whole – didn't do theirs and just showed up late in this one but the Titans win it 24-17 bouncing back winning this one now 6 and 2, 4 and 1 at home. The Bears fall to 5 and 4, 3 and 2 away with Nick Foles under center. Elsewhere it was another game I gave you, the Ravens, of course, Getting it done on the road, I liked Lamar Jackson, and it wasn't easy there either. But they pulled away with 4th fourth-quarter points. Philip Rivers did his part for Indianapolis, twenty-five or forty-three, two hundred twenty-seven yards, one interception. But it was Lamar Jackson and company. He did it on the ground. He did it with his arm. Thirteen carries, fifty-eight yards, and a touchdown. Uh, as the Ravens win this one, twenty-four to ten. Six and two now are the Ravens. Four and zero oh, on the road. So you know what they're doing. In a game that meant a lot, of course, our listeners, the Sports 106.1 and the Carolina Panthers, 3-6, and 2-3 and three away, I told you on Friday that I love Teddy Bridgewater, what he's doing. And I felt in my heart that they would keep this game close. They've been emerging. If you look at their scores, the Panthers, who play right here on Sports 106.1, I knew that they would give the Chiefs of battle I just felt it going in something about it told me it would be a ball game well they got off to a great start and uh, it was a late surge by the Chiefs and they got it done in this one 33-31 in a great game the Chiefs improved to 8 and 1 4 and 1 at home the Panthers 3 and 6 2 and 3 away Patrick Mahomes of course 3 30 of 45 372 yards four touchdowns so once again Don't go to sleep on Patrick Mahomes. He's a guy that you can always say is in that MVB talk. Once again, he rises to the top and does it again. For his part, Christian McCaffrey comes back and looked really good in his return. 18 rushes, 69 yards, one touchdown. Travis Kelsey, what a difference maker he is every single week. And arguably, if not the best tight end in all of football, 10 receptions, 159 yards for the Chiefs' tight end as the Chiefs improved to 8-1 and 4-1 and at home at Arrowhead. Elsewhere, it was the Vikings, and I gave you this one, too. The the winners just keep coming on this Monday. As I told you, the Vikings, I felt, will get on a little bit of a roll. Kirk Cousins feeling the heat, Uh, people talking about replacing you. When that happens, you start hearing that, you start performing better, and that's what he did. Matt Patricia, who I said and have said all along, is a great Uh, great uh, situation in terms of wanting to be there in in the Vikings uh, against the Vikings, wanting to be a coach that's going to stick around for a long time. I just don't think in terms of Matt Patricia that he's going to be long for Detroit. I just don't, I don't see him meshing with those guys. I don't see them buying in anyway. They put up 20 on the board. Kirk Cousins for his part, 13 of 20, 220 yards, three touchdowns. And yes, he liked that. Dalvin cook for Minnesota. If you are somebody in Detroit's front office or if you're watching from an ownership standpoint, you say to yourself, we brought Matt Patricia in because his defensive prowess. He's such a defensive mastermind. He's the guy that can really stop the opposition. Maybe offensively he can't do a lot, but we know that he can do a lot on the defensive side. What did Matt Patricia's defense do? Dalvin Cook gouged the defense of Detroit in this one. 22 carries, 206 yards, two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook ran for 206 yards against a Matt Patricia defense. So you wonder to yourself, just like Adam Gase with the Jets, as far as being an offensive mastermind, if – Matt Patricia's stock and trade is defense. And you give up 206 yards to a running back and two touchdowns. You have to say to yourself, "What's going wrong with his defense?" Because that's what he's supposed to do the best, and it doesn't work out so well. Danny Amendola, the former Patriot, had 77 yards for Detroit in the call. Once it's the Vikings 34-20, three five are the Vikings. So that's the situation there, and the men... Defeat the Washington football team. My team finds a way to once again lose, following the two and six, two and three at home as the G men roll into FedEx, winning this one 23 20. But I've got to take my hat off to Alex Smith, 24 of 32, 325 yards, and threw his first touchdown pass in quite a long time, coming back from one of the most gruesome injuries I've ever seen in my life. To see this man walking is one thing. Think about this, folks. 17 surgeries. To see him walking with his family, just playing with catch with a dog and with his kids in the backyard, you would say, what a remarkable comeback. To play football, again, unbelievable. To even walk out to take a snap to hand off. Again, but go 24-32, 325 yards, one touchdown after 17 surgeries and lose a game 23-20 to 20 that they had a chance in. You have to say to yourself, not only comeback player of the year, but one of the great comeback stories I've ever seen. I never, ever, after seeing the special and watching his recovery and process 17 surgeries later, would think this man would ever be able to walk normally again without a gait and without being uncomfortable in his walk. To go back to an NFL game and do what he's done—it's just remarkable. Replacing Kyle Allen, who had his own gruesome ankle injury, broken ankle, a very bad break for him. All in all, as Alex Smith replaces him, so where do we go from now? If you're a Washington football team member, the G-men are two and seven. The Washington football team two and six, and dare I say, the Washington football team still in it? Unbelievable! Uh, you can't make this stuff up. As far as the NFC East. Wayne Gallman for the G-Men, 14 carries, 68 yards, one touchdown. Terry McLaurin had the touchdown pass from Alex Smith, seven receptions, 115 yards. So he is one of the bright spots for a very porous offensive football team in Washington as the G-Men roll in the FedEx, winning 23-20 to there. Another game that was more exciting than it should have been, and I thought the Texans were going to be the best of the- Ben Maitland mentioned on Friday that Jake Lutton, the quarterback that neither one of us knew a ton about other than his size and the fact that he was starting, nearly pulled it off in his debut going 26 of 38, 304 yards, one touchdown for the Jaguars, replacing the mustache, Gardner Minshew. The Texans improved to 2-6 and six, with a 27-25 win over the Jaguars, falling to 1-7. and seven. So that's what happened there. Not an exciting game in terms of standings, but overall, Anybody that attended this one got their money's worth as it went down to the wire. 27-25, Texans win this one. In a game that I thought all along the Raiders would win, the line was only one. They did win this one, but it wasn't easy. Was not easy as the Raiders held on for dear life. I'm watching this game going back and forth. Justin Herbert, for his part, 28 to 42, 326 yards, two touchdowns. But the Raiders, who win this game 31 to 26, had to withstand a last minute drive by Herbert, who got him down to the four yard line. It came down to the final play and a touchdown that was or wasn't going to count. You take a listen, and this is how it ended in San Diego. One second. Here's the ball game. Will float it right side. It is
1: Parham. Did he catch it? He did. Touchdown, Donald Parham. Let's check it out here. Oh, Ooh. that is an incomplete pass. That is an incomplete pass.
2: So it fell to the turf incomplete. It looked close, and it was and on the final play with one second left, it is the Raiders just win, baby, 31-26. The Raiders now improved to 5-3 and three overall, 4-1 and one away. And give the Raiders credit, they hung on and barely survived here as they win 31-26. But a big win on the road, which is not too far down the highway for the Raiders over the Chargers. I am wearing on this birthday edition of the Sports King show, Steeler Nations hat. 24 to 19, the Steelers defeated the Cowboys. Now, listen to me here, Cowboys fans, as you follow the two and seven. Yes, you had some good play from Gail Gilbert, your new quarterback, who played well. The Cowboys led this game throughout the entire game. 24-19 they end up losing, but it was a 15-point fourth quarter by Big Ben and company who sleepwalked through this one. They were down 13-9 to early on, and it just got worse and worse for them. It took a heroic 15-point comeback in the fourth for the Steelers. And to be honest with you, you win games you shouldn't win sometimes, and there are games that you looked awful in sometimes. When I looked at this line, I have a friend of mine, Steve Tkarasik in West Virginia, that says all the time, if it's too good to be true, it's false. When I looked at this game and I saw the line at 14, I knew right away the number was so high that something was fishy here. I circled this game, and I told you on Friday, while the Steelers I knew would win, I worried about the line, the number being 14, because something didn't look right. And what didn't look right was the Steelers got off the bus thinking they were just going to roll the ball out there and roll over the Cowboys. Well, they realized, and I know Mike Tomlin will tell the Steelers nation and the team itself that, hey, if we don't play Steeler football from start to finish, we can be beat. This is the NFL. And indeed, it almost happened. For his part, Big Ben brought him back 29-42, to 306 yards, three touchdowns. Tony Pollard ran well, uh, nine carries, 57 yards for the Cowboys. And Juju Smith-Schuster, six receptions, 93 yards, one touchdown. As the Steelers, folks, as I'm wearing your black and gold Steeler hat today, are 8-0. and oh. And many people are saying, wait a minute, could we run the table? Could we go the distance? And while we know it hasn't happened since 1972, it's only happened one time, I'm not saying the Steelers are going to win it all in terms of undefeated season, but you can start thinking about that. Not sending it home just yet, but you can start thinking that the Steelers do indeed have a shot. So that's the situation there. Congratulations, Pittsburgh, 24-19 winners over the Cowboys. In a game that was probably one of the more exciting games, if not the exciting game of the day, two gunslingers, Kyler Murray and Tua Tagovailoa, just hooked up in an epic battle out in the desert as the Dolphins win this one, 34-31. What a game this was. Kyler Murray, 21 of 26, 283 yards, three touchdowns passing, 11 carries, 106 yards rushing, and one touchdown. Just an amazing game that went back and forth. Every single time you tuned into this one, if you were flipping back and forth, you were like, wow, what's happening here? This guy's out doing this guy. This guy's out doing this guy. Here, let's take a listen to a Tungilevoa. This is his fourth touchdown, and this is what it sounded like at Arizona.
1: To a to a wide open Williams, he leaps and he's in touchdown, Miami. <laughs> Preston, Williams. Preston Williams with his fourth touchdown of the season,
2: and in that game, Preston Williams. Uh, Great catch there. Tua Tangalavoa continues to impress, and the Dolphins get the victory. This one was exciting as Tua for the day, 20 of 28, 248 yards. And, of course, the two touchdowns had a quarterback rating of 87.6. So that is the situation there in terms of the game in the desert, which was one of the more exciting games of the day. We're going to take a timeout. I'm going to come back. And we're going to talk about the Sunday night game. What could go wrong in this one? Nothing. Because you've got two quarterbacks over 40 years of age, you got two Hall of Famers, you got arguably the greatest quarterback, and many people say is of all time, Tom Brady, and the Buccaneers against the Saints and Drew Brees. They hooked up in what was going to be an epic battle of back and forth. I'm going to tell you about a blowout victory and why it turned out the way it did and why some folks down in the south in Tampa are really worried now. I'll tell you all about this game when we return on the birthday edition of the Sports King Show. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
3: Hi, this is three-time Super Bowl champion number 71,
1: defensive end Charles Mann, and you're listening to the Sports King Show live on Sports 1061. do Don't go away. He'll be right back.
2: With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu
1: let's get back to the guy who said where there's a will there's a relative oh you're listening to sports king right here on sports 1061
2: and welcome back everybody sports king nation is alive and well on facebook live just saw joe b coakley what a defensive back he was one of the great ones Joby Coakley, a house call waiting to happen. Whenever he got the ball in his hands, lights out. That's why we won a national championship in 96. That guy, what a performer he was. A great one. James Monroe High School's own Joe B. Coakley. Want to go back now to last night. Before we do, I want to thank our sponsors of the Sports King Show, The Nerve Company. Never underestimate radical vision. You can reach your CEO, Andrew Fisher, and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado. And we welcome you in Denver this morning. Go to www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. They do graphics, website design, marketing plans. They do it all, and they do it at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. CMA's Colonial Honda, they continue to keep lives moving forward. Go out and see for yourself. New cars, used cars, an amazing selection which can be delivered directly to your door if you'd like them to president and general manager tim cosgrove has the best car selling team in the country they'll make it happen for you every single time at cma's colonial honda and don't forget tomorrow it's tuesdays with tim as the great general manager and president tim cosgrove joins us for the weekly edition of cma's colonial honda's tuesdays with tim he'll have a featured vehicle and all of the exciting things happening with CMA's Colonial Honda as they continue to keep lives moving forward. How about the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross? If you have a foot problem of any kind, Dr. Ross and his staff will get you on the road to recovery with offices in Springfield, Virginia, and Bethesda, Maryland. Join the over 240,000 people of which I'm one that have been seen by the best in the business. Dr. Paul Ross in the podiatry center, the sports King show features the Ross rules of foot care heard here weekly to help those in these need of foot care advice and assistance. And we welcome back to the show. Joe Moglia, the Joe Moglia Report, brought to you exclusively by Coastal Carolina University. We love the Chanticleers here. Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade, who offers insight on life, finance, and sports. Heard here weekly on the Sports King Show. It's the Joe Moglia Report. And as we turn back to last night, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting Drew Brees and Company. It looked on paper like it was going to be an epic battle. It was a one-sided blowout. It was an embarrassment. Tom Brady, for one of the few times in his career, looked lost. He looked befuddled. Yes, he had Antonio Brown. They weren't even on the same book, much less the same page. I'll talk about that briefly. But Tom Brady, as the Buccaneers fall to 6-3, and three, Drew Brees and company went in and blew them out. It was a late field goal in the fourth, but make no mistake, 38-3 is your final. It was a woodshed beating of epic proportion. This was not even close. Let's take a listen. Here is your Sunday night montage. Let's take a look back to last night. Here you go. They send Kamara that way as well. It's third down and ten. Four-man rush. Freeze hangs
1: in the pocket. Throws wide, wide open. he inbounds is the question. Smith for the touchdown. Trey quant Smith. Murray is the back. Breeze again. Great protection. Throws. And that will be caught. That's Adam Troutman for the touchdown. He is under pressure, throws, and reaching for it is Emmanuel Sanders for the touchdown.
2: From the fullback in, you got Kamara.
1: Album seeks the end zone and he's in there. Another touchdown. Silver and goal. Catches made. Josh
2: Hill for the touchdown. So that is just some of the carnage that was delivered courtesy of the Saints to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as you're a Bucs fan this morning, you're waking up, you're thinking to yourself, I went to bed with sugar plums dancing in my head uh, on Saturday night uh, thinking that Sunday night would be a great night for us and we could really take control in this division and really show people that we are a Super Bowl worthy type team. But when you look at what happened beneath the surface, Tom Brady, 22 out of 38, 209 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions, abysmal. His counterpart, the fellow Hall of Famer Drew Brees, 26 of 32, 222 yards, four touchdowns, a 98.9 quarterback rating. Tom Brady's QBR quarterback rating on the night, three point eight. Not thirty-eight. Three point eight. Just abysmal. Now when you dig beneath the surface, let's take a look at this. The New Orleans Saints in their rushing attack entered the game high powered. They end up with 138 yards rushing on 37 carries. And you know what I always say about winning ball games? You have to have balance. Taysom Hill, a guy that's a Swiss Army knife, did it in the air, did it on the ground, seven rushes, 54 yards. This guy's just hard to bring down, folks. 230-pounder, he runs like a Mack truck. I mean, he's hard to bring down. Then you throw in Alvin Kamara, who's just dominant, nine rushes, 40 uh, yards overall, 4.4. So Taysom Hill's average, 7.7 yards per carry. Alvin Kamara, 4.4. Latavius Murray, 3.9. They're gouging Tampa Bay. For Tampa's rushing attack, remember what I say from a coaching standpoint, you have to be able to rush the football, to throw the football. You have to have the balance that you're looking for. Why did Tom Brady look so abysmal in terms of what he did through the air? Because they could do nothing in terms of groundwork for Tampa. This is the stats for Tampa's – and I'm not making this up. This is the stats for the rushing attack for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let this waft over you for a minute if you're a offensive – person out there and you love offense. If you had any fantasy numbers on the rushing folks of Tampa, you're in sad shape this morning for the game. Tampa rushed the ball five times. No balance there. Five times for eight yards. I'm not saying a carry. I'm not saying a quarter for the entire game. Eight yards. You can't beat a middle school team rushing five times for eight yards. Their cumulative average was 1.6 yards a carry with a long of seven yards. So that's as bad as a. You'd have to go back in history and look in terms of the worst rushing games in history, and hats off to Dennis Allen and the New Orleans defense. They dominated throughout, but five carries, eight yards. He deserves a raise. Now, when you look at the passing attack, Drew Brees, 29 uh, had 29 uh, overall receptions that he threw for, 282 yards, 9.7 yards, almost the first down every time he threw the football. He had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 receivers caught the ball from Drew Brees. So when you say to yourself, with Michael Thomas you know, averaging 10 yards to carry, Deontay Harris had 40 yards, A catch rather. Uh, Adam Trauman, 13 yards. Sanders, nine yards a catch. Jared Cook, 15 yards a catch. Taysom Hill, 21 yards average. Traquan Smith, 14. I mean, he had guys, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, almost eight guys in in double figures in terms of catches per uh, attempt. It's unbelievable what happened last night as a throw for 282 yards. Now, on the other side of the ledger, you've got Drew Brees on one side, Tom Brady on the other, 22 passes, 209 yards, very anemic, 9.5 yards per average. His top receiver was Mike Evans, who I thought was very underutilized, four receptions, 64 yards. You can say, well, he's covered. Yeah, he was, but didn't seem like it was really intended to get a lot of balls. Chris Godwin, three for 41. Leonard Fournette out of the backfield, 6 for 41, a lot of checkdowns to him. Antonio Brown, three receptions, 31 yards. So many people thought with Antonio Brown being added to the offense, it was going to be instant fireworks. Well, It looked like, as I said, not only on the same page, they weren't in the same book because a couple times Brown cut off his patterns and the ball went deep. There was an interception thrown. It just didn't look like it was very comfortable overall in terms of the fit right there, and they're going to need more time. One week is not enough to get him in there get him in the flow. I'm not saying it's not going to get better for him, but one thing was revealed to me in this game just how bad a differential between these two teams right now? You would think if you lose a game 21 to 20 or 17-14, you could say, "Okay, we're right there." When you get a woodshed beating of this kind at home, 38 to 3, you've got so many different things that have been revealed about the you know, ways to beat you that now New Orleans has to say, "If we're going head to head again for a title." We should have a distinct advantage because we know how to attack these guys. And this is one of those ones that you plant in someone's head. I'm not saying the NFL can't get past it. If you're an NFL team, you can't forget about it. It's just one game. Come back and play better and win next time. I'm not saying that won't happen. But I do know that this game sent a message, a very strong message indeed, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that, hey, we are a superior team. they got a better quarterback right now playing on all cylinders and New Orleans got it done in a big way last night on Sunday night football 38 to 3 New Orleans approving the 6 and 2 3 and 1 overall Tampa falling to 6 and 3 3 and 1 at home so all is not lost for Tampa but they've got a lot of work to do if you're Bruce Arians you're not happy you come back today and you say look there's so many issues with what we did last night. We needed to throw this tape away, scrap it, and try to get back to playing Tampa Bay football because last night was not it in any way, shape, or form. Love to hear from you on this November 9th, 804-327-0888. Feel free to give us a call. Love to hear from you from around the country. Hello, London, England, Stafford, Virginia, Tampa Bay, Florida, South Carolina is in the house, Sacramento, California. We love all of you folks, and we can't thank you enough for being part of Sports King Nation on this Monday morning as we roll towards Thanksgiving. And of course, congratulations in order as well. It looks like there will be a new president and no matter how you all voted, we certainly hope that the country comes together in a unified way and that we all move forward and can find happiness uh, as we hopefully will find some therapeutics and get the coronavirus behind us as so many teams in college and pro sports and just everybody in general that's so affected by this. And we know there are rising numbers out there. So we certainly are hopeful that uh, better times are ahead than as we head into 2021, that we can put this year behind us and hopefully find a cure and a vaccine for this treacherous disease that has claimed so many lives and uh, we will defeat this. We're Americans. We're going to come back stronger and better than ever, and uh, we definitely hope that something is found soon enough. That's going to wrap up this segment. We'd love to have your phone calls in the closing moments of the program, 804-327-0888. Give us a call about your favorite team. Hope you're having a great start to your day, whether you're driving into work, your first or second cup of coffee. Alongside Ben Madeline, I'm the sports king, Jamie King. I'm going to come back in just a few minutes with Ben. We're going to talk about some of the other big stories from the weekend. And don't look now, but Big Al's warming up in a bullpen. He's on his way, 8 to 10 live. It's Sports Phone coming your way on Sports 106.1. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Philadelphia Eagles All-Pro running back Brian Westbrook, and you're listening to the Sports King Show on Sports 106.1.
0: Tim Cosgrove here at CMA's Colonial Honda, and I've got something big to share. You can now get 0% financing for the first time ever at CMA's Colonial Honda. Get 0% financing for 60 months on every new Accord LX sedan and HRV LX CUV model. But hurry, this special offer is only good through November 15th, and stop by for Orange Saturday deals all month long. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit CMA's
3: Excludes tax, title, license, 599 processing fee, 1748 for every 1000 financed with approved credit. All terms qualified. not combinable with other offers, ends 11 11- 15, 20,
0: 20. Do you have a lingering
2: foot problem that won't go away? Are you in need of relief? The Sports King has the answer to your problems. It's the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross. Over 240,000 people have passed through his office, with all of them getting first class treatment combined with world class results. With offices in Springfield, Virginia, and Bethesda, Maryland. To learn more, please visit Dr. Ross's website at PaulRossDPM.com. And tell them the Sports King sent you.
1: Want to reach the Sports King? Call 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. Learn it. Know it. Live it.
2: And welcome back, everybody. Closing minutes of the Sports King show. 804-327-0888. Love to hear from you on this Monday start of the week. We thank you for joining us. And folks, I got to take you back to Saturday night. And I watched this game. I could not stop watching as Ralph Faulkner's Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He loves the Irish. And they pulled this one off in overtime 47 to 40. And a game that was just unbelievable went down to the wire. This is what it sounded like at South Bend on the final play of the epic instant classic Notre Dame upsets Clemson. Here's what it sounded like. Russian three, dropping eight. Steps up, now loads
1: and throws. It's caught. It's pitched backwards, up in the air. It's on the ground. Still in Clemson's hands.
2: And the Irish knockoff, number one, Clemson. Clemson, 7-1, 6-1, the ACC. Notre Dame improving 7-0, 6-0. You uh, got Lele, the quarterback, DJ, for Clemson. Folks, this kid is going to be a star. There's no question about it. He's just a big guy. 29-44, to 439 yards, two touchdowns for him. And you always felt like Clemson had a shot in this one because he kept battling and battling and battling. And uh, they hung in like a champion does, and they found a way. But when you look at what happened, uh, Ian Book, a guy that's not getting a lot of credit, but he should, 22 of 39, 310 yards, one touchdown. But he did some things with his feet. He had one costly fumble, but he was able to run around. And he reminds me of a pro that's not going to be a spectacular pro And I'm trying to think of a guy that he reminds me of and uh, there's certain guys out there. I mean, he could be kind of Matthew Stafford-ish in some ways and he could be, you know, a guy out there that has, you know, when you look at certain guys that you say, man, he kind of reminds you of this guy or that guy. He's just, um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, come to mind, but when you look at uh, Ian Book, he just is a smart guy. He makes right reads. He does the right thing with the football. He knows when to move. He knows when to get down. And for the day, he rushed 15 times for 68 yards, 4.5 yards per average. But I'm going to tell you right now, folks, there's a young man in South Bend, number 23, Kyron Williams, 23 rushes, 140 yards. He broke the big one for 65 against uh, Clemson to start it off. This guy is nasty with a capital N. He runs with authority. He is a powerful point of attack guy. He can get away from you. He's got speed to burn. He is confident. He led that Irish rushing attack. They did a great job as the Irish win 47-40 to 40 in double overtime as Ben just played for you. As I bring Ben in, Ben, one of the great games of the weekend, of course, you had other games. You had the Miami defeating NC State 44-41. That was exciting. BYU who I have told you at number nine uh, blew out Boise State, 51-17, wasn't even close. When I looked at the landscape of college football, hats off to Liberty Flames who roll in the Blacksburg and defeat them on a last-second field goal, 38-35. to 35. Liberty undefeated now, defeating the Hokies in a game that many people didn't think was going to be that close. Uh, Liberty, 17-and-a-half-point underdog in this one. And I told you Liberty to play well, and they did. Michigan, Indiana. Indiana beats Michigan, the uh, 23rd-ranked Michigan Wolverines, 38-21. to 21. But when you looked at some of the games around the weekend, you're like, wow, the college football landscape: Florida blows out uh, the number five team, Georgia, forty-four twenty-eight. A lot of surprises, Ben. As you look around in the NCAA, uh, but that Irish game was one of the ones that I said just incredible performance. And Brian Kelly and the Irish finally getting their due nationally.
3: Yeah, pretty incredible, like you said. And the <laughs> to get all the way to double OT. You heard the final play right there. Um, just yeah, incredible back and forth. Uh, you know, it had been twenty seven years since the Irish had even beaten a number one team. It had been fifteen years since they had even played a number one team. Um, I don't think anybody was really thinking about social distancing or anything like that on on Saturday night in South Bend. Uh Mike Tarico put it best on NBC on the call in the midst of the pandemic, there is pandemonium. Um <laughs> was probably the the uh the line of the evening um on that broadcast. So very impressive for uh for for Notre Dame, um, you know, really, when you, I mean, look, the the Tigers, we know who they are. Even without Trevor Lawrence, they're still a really, really good football team. Um, DJ and I'm not going to try to pronounce his, his last name. Mike Tarico did a fine job of it on Saturday night. I'm not going to try. Um, you know, played well, but um, just not enough. You know, it's even though there were less than like fifteen thousand people in the stadium, it felt like a lot more, especially when you had that mob scene at the end of uh, at the end of things when uh, the Irish had knocked off the Tigers.
2: Well, Coach Kelly, Brian Kelly, said afterwards, he said uh, some people have called him a prophet because he said after the game, he (laughs) told all the people involved with Notre Dame that there would be a storming of the field at the end of this one. And after the game, the students stormed the field from all four corners of the stands, creating a mass celebration in the middle of the field Notre Dame limits attendance to students, faculty, and university personnel other than the players' families. And while Saturday's game only drew 11,000, most of them seemed to center in the field. There was more than 11,000 people in this stadium. I'm telling you, Ben, there was not one ounce of uh, green grass anywhere. It was totally covered with Irish fans afterwards. And, of course, Kelly said afterwards, with COVID being as it is, we've got to get off the field and get to the tunnel. Now, I beat them to the tunnel. <clears throat> they didn't want to go so fast because they wanted to celebrate. It's one of those games that's kind of like you want to celebrate that moment, as you said, 27 years to get to that point, And you're like, I want to enjoy it for a moment. These are college kids. But then at the same time, they have to be cognizant and get into the locker room afterwards. But... The university on Tuesday reported uh, last Tuesday, 38 positive tests followed by 71 positive tests on Wednesday and 29 on Thursday. Notre Dame's football team went through an outbreak in late September. It forced the September 24th game in wake forest to be postponed. The hope and prayer is after this close quarters deal with all the players and fans afterwards, you can hope and we do hope that there are no positive testing this week for the Irish, but, uh, uh, on the one hand, despite the pandemic, the fact that, of course, it was wrong to have that many people that close in proximity, it was great on the one side, if there's no positive test, to be able to see that, Ben. The, the, just the specter of the Irish fans celebrating just for a few minutes, it gave you a, a sense of pause to look back and say, know, this is the way it used to be and made you smile, at least at the thought of seeing the celebration as it was. And, you know, Irish fans have waited a long time for that yeah
3: like I mentioned, it's been a long time since they had knocked off any number one team period, so we're talking um you know kids who are attending school there now that weren't even alive back then so right. it's it's been a long time um and again, no one's really thinking about that in the moment. The same thing with um you know any any kind of celebration you've seen, like the Dodgers winning the world Series or uh um the uh the Lakers winning their championship in the bubble i mean you you kind of lose yourself in the moment even if you're a fan and you rush the field and everything like that doesn't look that great really in the moment or even in hindsight and i echo what you said you hope that nobody gets uh ill or anything like that after the fact i hope not uh fingers crossed but in the moment it's really it's hard to hard to restrain yourselves you know i can see both sides of it certainly
2: absolutely and you've got some big news in the world of nascar Uh, Ben, our resident expert, Chase Elliott, what vehicle number does he drive again? That would be engine number nine. And I know that... Number nine, um, what's today's date? That would be the ninth. See, just something here. about that number, yep. but please go on, Ben, Is Chase Elliott, my favorite driver because of the number nine, uh, Wins. Uh, he's the third youngest driver to win NASCAR Cup title, and uh, can you talk about what he's done and how important it is in terms of his career? I mean, this is a signature win for him and a signature moment. Really, a signature last two weeks. He won at Martinsville in a
3: must-win situation to even get to the championship for a race at Phoenix yesterday, to even have a shot at the championship, and he went out there and he won the race yesterday, too, so... He closes the season with back-to-back victories, and it leads to a championship also. That being Chase Elliott, doesn't turn uh, 25 until later this month. Um, he is, of course, the son of Bill Elliott, who won the 1988 NASCAR championship. Uh, Bill was a 16-time most popular driver. And then Chase has kind of followed in his dad's footsteps, um, winning the most popular driver award, I think, every year since Dale Earnhardt Jr. retired. So Jr. kind of took the mantle from Bill when he hung it up, and then Chase has now taken the mantle from uh, from Dale Jr., as far as being popular among the fans. Yeah, I'm a fan of the guy, too. I had my Chase Elliott gear on yesterday. I was pulling for him as far as the uh, championship was concerned. And he went out there and he took it. He led uh, seven times for a race-high 153 laps at Phoenix, uh, en route to the victory uh, in the race and in the championship. Also, he bested Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, and Denny Hamlin, who were all up for it yesterday. I think Hamlin was the only one of the four that did not lead a lap in um, in the event yesterday, but they were all right there in, in the top five most of the afternoon. It was very closely contested. Um, it was a very clean race, not many uh, incidents or anything like that, or yellow flags for uh, for cause or for incident. So uh, a lot of green flag racing, a lot of battling for the lead, and Elliott came out on top. It's the 13th championship for Hendrick Motorsports, who he drives for. Rick Hendrick, of course, was in attendance. Um, Bill Elliott, again, Chase's father, was in attendance along with his mother. Um, and the Elliots joined Lee and Richard Petty, and then Ned and Dale Jarrett as just the third father-son combination to win a cup title. So, very historic day for the Elliott family.
2: I've got to ask you, Ben, uh, of course, the race completed NASCAR's frenzied 38-race schedule. Yep. And, of course, they had to overcome so much in facing financial losses and all the things that they had. Uh, how would you sum up uh, NASCAR this year? They went racing May 17th, used double headers, midweek races, a yep. big schedule to complete the full season. Would, I'd say successful, it all ended well. How would you rate NASCAR and what they did to get through the pandemic?
3: If you had asked me back in April when they were in the middle of, of being shut down, I think they shut down midway through the month of March, and I think it was a two-month shutdown overall. If you had asked me back during the month of April or the early part of um, early part of May, I would have told you. I don't know if they get a full season in, but like you said, they they banded together. They ran some midweek races, ran a lot of headers um, to get a full season, a full complement of 36 points races in. Um, and without really many people getting sick, yet. a couple of drivers who missed races because of uh, positive COVID tests. Jimmy Johnson, who ran his final race yesterday as a full-time cup driver, had to miss a race earlier in the season. But um, hats off to those guys. To everybody involved with NASCAR, to get a full season in and crown a champion, In all three series, not just Cup, but Xfinity in the Truck Series as well. Job well done.
2: And we also want to take our hats off to Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens starting quarterback. Uh, The raving NFL MVP is 25-5, 833 winning percentage. And he has the highest mark uh, tying Miami Dolphin legend Dan Marino for the best start of a quarterback since 1966. Afterwards, he said, it's pretty cool. I'm up there with the Hall of Famer, but you still got to win each and every game, so it's all right. Jackson had been 0-6 when trailing at halftime, but he came all the way back and, uh, of course, is now tied with the great Dan Marino. That's going to wrap it up for Ben and I on this birthday edition of the Sports King Show. Thank you for all the well wishes. We really appreciate it today. I hope the best for you and your families today. And big owls up next. Have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow for the Tuesday edition.
1: Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more.
0: Tim Cosgrove here at CMA's Colonial Honda, and I've got something big to share. You can now get 0% financing for the first time ever at CMA's Colonial Honda. Get 0% financing for 60 months on every new Accord LX sedan and HRV LX CUV model. But hurry, this special offer is only good through November 15th, and stop by for Orange Saturday deals all month long. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit CMA's Excludes
3: tax, title license,
2: 599 processing fee, $1748 for every $1,000. Finance with approved credit, all terms qualified, not commodable with other offers. Ends 11 15, 2020